Rolling Dice and Taking Names is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at thebrokentoken.com. y'all it's time for the most informative most in-depth and most groundbreaking gaming podcast out there just kidding it's time for rolling dice and taking names on this episode the guys review castell and pulsar 2849 i had you going though welcome back to rolling dice and taking names proud member of the dice tower network this is episode number 137 circus I'm Tony. And this is Marty. So, Circus. Yes. We're going to be doing a review of the new game from Renegade Games, Castell. Now, here's the thing. Tony and I and the, and the rest of our group, when they come to, to my house to play games, we typically want to have some theme music going on. So, I have an Amazon Echo down there, and we'll try to find some sort of theme to go along with what we're playing. Now, this has failed in the past, Tony. I think last time we tried to find some sci-fi space music for a game that we played it just didn't work at all so we're playing castells which is all about making human pyramids which is a competition over in, in catalona right but you saw it kind of like a, a circus type thing like yeah. hey want to go to the circus to see all these gymnasts and everything like that so you yell out alexa play circus music and this is what we got So needless to say, that uh, song Circus didn't last very long. Then you tried again. You said, Listen, uh, Alexa, play Spanish music. And the next thing we were doing, we were listening to like top 40 Spanish pop music. Vida la loca. So that one. But you finally found it. You said, Alexa, play Spanish classical music. And then at that point, you got your typical acoustic guitar-driven type music like you would think you would hear in Spain. Oh, that was so good music, too. That, that was some good music that was playing. Mm, I enjoyed that, too. I will say this. That is such a neat little uh, device. I love that device, man. I don't know why. I was thinking about that today. I need that device. Can it read you rules? I know you can get the one that has the picture <laughs> screen. Wouldn't it be so cool if I'd say, you know, Alexa, read me how to win this game. Well, I mean, it does all. It does audible books. If there's an audible version of a rule book, then it sure can do it. So let me understand this. We have okay. watch it played videos. Yes. Do we have any Kindle rule books? Huh. I'm I'm thinking we got a we might have a business here. How boring will that be though? Just sitting there like listening to somebody read you a rule book. I mean, you need the pictures and everything like that to see what's going on and just to read the rules. I don't know how well that would go over. Well, just think of if you are doing it for the Star Wars game that we're still waiting on the video of. It would be great. No, that's true. It would have a lot more content than, than what we got right now. But yeah, we love our little Echoes. In fact, we got like six of them. Oh my the gosh. Because at Christmas, well, at Christmas, they were in sale for 30 bucks. Okay. They're dirt cheap. All right. I understand. See, Donna wants the screen one. She wants the one that has where you do the screen and it has the recipe up. Yeah, except that's got a camera and it's watching you all the time. You ain't going to see nothing. That's fine. I got, I got, I got black <laughs> I tape. I ain't worried about that. Speaking of camera. So, yeah. well, we can always go back to AT&T with you first in a minute. But ink. Oh, Lord. No, please. No. Oh, they really pissed me off. No, but you're, look, we got good connection here. You, you said things are better. They are. But the guy who set up my router didn't split the 5G with the 2.4, you know, he, how you split them? Yes. So th this is what led to this. So Donna wanted a Skybell technology thing. And I posted that her Skybell. What, what, what's Skybell? Skybell's like ring where you put the video camera doorbell. Oh, okay. So you can see people. Oh, you mean that uh, a few episodes ago when we were sitting there doing the uh, scurry report? Yes. And Mark's phone goes off and it's basically, you know, somebody had tripped his uh, little Skybell or ring, whatever, at the front door? Yes. That's exactly okay. what it was. Yes. So she wants a Skybell. So she orders one. According to Amazon, it's delivered at five o'clock on that day, but it's not there. Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> stole the sky bell off the porch we thought <laughs> we thought so donna's all oh, up 
Okay. And so, so Donna's post back. She says, did anybody receive this package by mistake? We've been getting people's mail back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And we've been exchanging mail. So she posted it out. Somebody comes back and says, yeah, just because they say it's delivered here doesn't mean it really got delivered that day. Wait a couple days. Okay. Mine's pretty good. When it says it was put at the front door of the mailbox, it's usually there. But it was delivered. Okay, good. But I also thought at that time, finally, I got Gloomhaven. I thought I finally got it it had UPS delivered Gloomhaven. Okay, and you've been waiting this for a while, right? This was the Kickstarter version, the second edition or the second printing of it? Yeah, it's, it's been a while, and I've talked to Isaac. You know, I'm saying, do you know where it is? And he said, well, you changed your Isaac address. Childress, I, the designer? Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody knows who well, Isaac is. you're dropping names. If people don't know who you're talking about, it could be Isaac Vega. They don't care. They, 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 they care more they about, about Gloomhaven. Isaac Vega? I'm telling Isaac Vega you said that. They don't care about, they want to know about Gloomhaven. Okay. But yes, Isaac Childress. And I sent him a note and, and he said, yeah, because you changed your address, you're in the second running, da, 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 da. He was telling me all this information. And I'm like, okay, I'm waiting on it. I'm waiting on it. And I get this, hey, it's been shipped. I'm like, oh, sweet. UPS is going to deliver my Gloomhaven finally. I'm, I'm excited about that. Okay. And because, you know, I did kickstart it and I backed it and had immense buyer's remorse. If you go back and listen, you can listen all about me and buyer's remorse. It's one of the previous many grumpy Tony episodes we've had recently. Okay. But we're not, anyway. But that was the same day the Sky Bell got taken. That didn't really get taken. <laughs> okay. So I'm thinking Gloomhaven and the Sky Bell got taken off the porch. Uh, okay. I'm like, that would just be so poetic. Having to change my address and f- and see if I can get the package rerouted, and it actually didn't get sent out because of the change, and you know, so forth. And I said that that would just be icing on the cake if Gloomhaven got taken off the porch, but that wasn't it. And that that would be a beast if somebody took that off the porch. But okay, yeah. And but according to this, UPS delivered it to Swagler. And it's on the dock. Wait a minute. Swaggler is who? I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean? You what, is, it a, what, is it a person? Is it a company? What, what's Swaggler? Well, Swaggler is, we f- I f- went back on Facebook and well, Donna did this. She went on Facebook and there's a whole thread in, the, in our neighborhood now called being swaggled. Okay. And Swaggler actually works right down the road from me is an Amazon distribution facility. Okay, so it's a distribution company. A de- is it a delivery company? Well, it's Amazon. All the pack- okay. all the packages come in the International Charlotte International and they go to Amazon, okay? Uh, okay. So, I did not know this. UPS has zones. And so on their packages there are zones. So the all UPS right. people saw the zone and they know that Amazon is here. In our okay. zone. Okay. Follow me? You with me so far? Not really, because this isn't coming through Amazon, but go ahead. Then you're as with me as I was when I was hearing this. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. okay. So, so we're both confused at this so point. So UPS is thinking that maybe Amazon is getting UPS packages? I don't know how all that, you know, that works. But anyway, but the clerks at UPS are seeing the zone that Amazon's in, and they're putting them on the Amazon truck. There's an actual UPS truck that goes to Amazon. Okay, which is the Swaggler thing. Which is Swaggler at Amazon. He's the dock receiving clerk. Oh, my gosh. Okay. The Swaggler signs for all the packages that come from UPS. Then they sit on the dock for two to three to five days until Swaggler gets around to them and ships them back to UPS and tells UPS to come and get them. And then UPS sends them back to the distribution, and then distribution then sends them out to the where it's supposed to be. That's very convoluted. I don't understand why UPS just didn't take it to you right off the bat instead of this middleman of dropping it off at a swaggler. Well, they're supposed to, but the clerks at UPS just see the zone and assume, and you know how well assuming works, it goes to Amazon. So it was delayed a whole nother week trying to get to me, but I finally got my beast. I got Gloomhaven. (laughs) Boy, I'm sitting there thinking, with all that you've gone through, you were beating yourself up. Should I buy this? Should I buy this? You bought it. You had the buyer's remorse. It was shipped. It wasn't shipped to you. You had to wait. It finally got shipped. It was here in Charlotte, sitting on some swaggler dock or something like that. Finally got to you. I tell you what, Gloomhaven had better be a pretty spectacular game or Tony's going to lose it. Yes, I am. You all see Grumpy Tony? 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. After all this, Gloomhaven had better blow your shorts off. That's right. It's not like you're going to come play it because it's not like, you know, we got another stack of games. This is going to be, oh, I hope Gloomhaven is single. You can play Zoom uh, one player because Lord knows I got Charterstone to do. Speaking of which, uh, so uh, we have a copy of that to try. And you said you and Donna were going to play. So how's that going? Well, so I said, well, sweetie, we're going to watch Charterstone. So I put up the big watch it played video for her and I to watch on the big 65-inch TV downstairs. Ooh, Rodney and big old 65 Technicolor. Technicolor. He is high def and looking good. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're watching it. And, you know, he's going over it. He's explaining it. I'm watching it saying, you know, okay, so this way Donna can understand the rules. And you know what I hear? Oh, no. What? I hear the same noise I hear when she's at a theater and she gets a boring part of the movie. Oh, my gosh. She, she fell asleep. She, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, babe, you're supposed to be watching this. Rodney put her to sleep. I told Rodney he needed to be more bubbly on Twitter, but I was, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just so tired. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> the soft, soothing sounds of Rodney Smith to put you to sleep every night. Oh, I was just, I'm like, well, do you want me to start it again? She goes, oh my God, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but please don't start it up again. She's like, oh, that's uh, hilarious. I need to go to bed. I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. I go, but we got to play it. She goes, uh, we'll play it this uh, coming weekend. We didn't get around to it. It is. It's out. It's ready to go. I've read the instructions. I've watched the video twice, and I never fell asleep. So I'm ready to explain it to her. So hopefully, hopefully this coming weekend, she and I can sit down and play, you know, maybe the first uh, two or three games of it. Because I, yeah. I hear the first three are pretty quick. Yeah, and I can't wait to, uh, once you get it look, uh, into it a little bit deeper and, and come back, it'll be really cool if you and I heard do a little segment for the show and tell us about it. I'll just have to nudge her and wake her up to say something halfway through it. You know, woman's, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with her. But Oh, 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 one last thing. Yeah. Thanks to everybody for supporting us. Yes. Pod Pledge was launched uh, a couple weeks ago, and the support has been... Phenomenal. Tony, I was not expecting this at all. The The amount of support that we got and, and pledges coming in, and it's been a huge, huge help uh, with our budgeting for the year. Uh, I, I, I'm just overwhelmed. I don't know what to say. I know. I just, I can't believe it either. And, and thank you for uh, entertaining me on Saturday, this past Saturday in January. I've, I've got it out. If you have, if not part of the Facebook group, go out there. You'll see Marty and I thanking you again. And also the peer pressure that Marty puts on me. Uh, which is which is what? Because people may not see that. Well, they need to the go watch pressure. it. I'm not. No, go watch it. Oh, don't make them go. Wa- we're we're cute. No, we're not. We 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 got faces for podcasts. Mm-hmm. That's why we don't do the videos that you know, all the videos that we should. I even wore a a, sh- a nice collared shirt. I didn't wear my bill of check like I am tonight. <laughs> you did, and actually, we were supposed to take a picture to replace the banner on the Facebook page because it still got the old logo. Well, on why there. why didn't you just snap something from that? You're you're techie. Uh, yes. Again, thank you so much for uh, everyone who 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 has backed us. The pledges keep coming in. Tony and I were talking tonight about uh, incentive. Um, uh, what's it called? Incentive. When we give them out. Fulfillment. Ding 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 okay. ding. Uh, Instead of fulfillment, we're going to get the dice ordered. Basically, if you got a jar, you automatically get the dice. So we're going to ship those together. We do have the jars in. And if you ordered a jar uh, individually, which you could do, which is what I, what's really cool about Pod Pledge, you go out there and if you don't want to contribute to the show, but you just want the jar, uh, for $12, you could buy the jar and automatically calculate shipping for you and everything. And we can go ahead and get that out to you. So we got a few orders there uh, that we're going to fill out. The jar is extremely popular. So if you're very, if you're interested in it, uh, get out there and uh, and grab you one. Back to the Facebook thing. Shadespire. <laughs> you, 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 you let people off the hook, huh? Yeah. So, yeah, I'd been uh, pressuring Tony you know, over the past several months about Shadespire. Like only Shadespire, he does. Shadespire. And, and even uh, our, our one of our contacts at Games Workshop, John Carter, talks to me every once in a while. It's like, has uh, Tony you know, gotten Shadespire yet? And it's like, no. He's like, Eventually he will. Well, Tony did it. He actually ordered Shadespire, and so did our buddy uh, from the Scar Report, Mark Kale. So now I have local people to play Shadespire with, and I'm so excited. Uh, and I wasn't going to. I was just going to order my Skaven 
army right. and the dwarfs because those are you know I'm I'm a big huge Felix and Gotrek fan. I've read all those books and uh, enjoyed playing the um, the Skaven stories from that, as well as you know killing all the Skavens when we played the Warhammer. MMO. God, I enjoyed that one. Didn't you? I really. The Warhammer Online MMO. Boy, we did kill a lot of little rats, didn't we? Yeah, that. And I was, what, the Dark Elf? I forget what you were. Yeah, I can't remember. But anyway, yeah. so yeah, so you, you like the lore of that. But so, so yeah, you, you shocked me because you weren't going to get the base game because you're like, you've already got the boards. I can just borrow your dice. Why do I have to need the base game? And I told you, I said, well, I guess in theory, you really don't. But then you, you end up getting it. Why? I used my allowance and I bought it because I was like, maybe, maybe Donna likes deck builders. Maybe I can confuse her enough and maybe she'll do this. Re- oh, that would be interesting if you get her, get her to pull off a little dudes on a map type game. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of interesting. It's a quick game. It is. It's not complicated to play. Nope. Let's just try it. Let's let's give it a, a, a go. Yes, yeah, you really don't need the base, but I think you do. The nice thing is, is you have a whole pool of cards now, an extra pool of cards that you can do for the deck building. And actually, Warhammer just released a uh, an online database of all the cards. So you can go out there and kind of build your deck and tinker with it and stuff like that, which is cool, too. Plus, I need $100 in shipping. <laughs> Wait a minute. You spent 50 bucks to get the $100 in shipping? Isn't that how that works? No, that's... <laughs> Man, I've, well, I've, I've already got $50 in my car, but daggum, if I just spent another $50, I would save $7 in shipping. <laughs> okay, we were real close. I figured, oh, what the heck? I might as well put it in there. I'm excited. And I think it'd yeah. be, and who knows, you may enjoy just sitting there. You've got your, your new place. Maybe you can set up a little painting station and do some painting. I went and bought primer and I didn't get carded. <laughs> that's, well, that's an old story from way, way back. I think that is one of our first squirrel moments ever when you told me about getting carded for buying, buying primer. Yeah, bought too much primer at Walmart and they carded me because they thought I was going to be a graffiti artist. Yeah, that was, oh man, that was classic. Speaking of carding, <laughs> Do you now get carded if you buy Tide Pods? I know in some places you have to go get the key so they can unlock the mechanisms to pull them off. The Tide Pods are these, it's this product from Tide where it's this little, uh, I don't know, this little, looks like a little blister pack, this little plastic package that has liquid in it and you throw it into your uh, clothes uh, washer and it's basically your laundry detergent, right? Yes. Have you seen Tony this crazy? Well, obviously you have, because we were talking about it. This crazy, this Tide Pod challenge where kids, and most of them I've seen are kids. Maybe there's some adults doing it too. Take these and bite them and squirting all that stuff into their mouth. It was a form what, of what's punishment. What's going on in this world? No, it was a form of punishment to wash your mouth out with soap when you use bad language. Yeah, but I remember, hey, everybody, everybody saw the Christmas story. You can sit there and chew on a on a, a bar of Life Boy and be okay, but this is poison. Yes, the, people aren't right. Why are they doing this? I don't know. So have you seen around here, Tony, there's like local donut shops that are actually making donuts that look like the Tide Pods with the swirls Mm -hmm. and the colors on the top. I thought that is a brilliant idea. Well, until some little five-year-old remembers a donut that he had that looks like a real Tide Pod and he takes a bite of a Tide Pod. Exactly. I know that. I was thinking that's a cute marketing until it bites him in the butt. Speaking of biting you in the butt. So I'm 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 on the internet and I see this thing about they're going to come at Asmo Day. Hold on, hold on. I don't know where you're going. Speaking of biting in the butt, I'm on the internet and saw and you paused. I'm really concerned right now. Well, you should be because I was making sure I got my right thoughts in line here because you know I did not realize Lord of the Rings LCG is going to come out from Asmo Day North. On Steam. Yes. I'm not sure why that's biting you in the butt. Well, because, but why? Because we did Lord of the Rings uh, CCG online and it bit me in the butt. So I'm sure this is going to bite me in the butt. Somehow I'm going to end up buying into this because you buy into it. Well, okay. All right. All right. I'm glad you brought this up because I've been following this for a while and I, I don't know how in the world you and I didn't talk about it. And then... I realized that you hadn't known about it. I've been I've been watching online some of the uh, 
reading some of the articles, and they actually have interactive videos each week where they show you how to play the game. I was super excited about this. I thought, holy cow, one of our favorite LCGs we never get to play, Tony and I can finally play online together. It's just... It's tough to sit down and play that game. So I was excited to watch it. But have you watched any games yet or see the gameplay? I don't know if you heard. Last episode, I was having this internet issue. So no, I don't stream much of anything. (laughs) Okay. All right. Here, I can tell you exactly what I feel this game is. And then you can give me your thoughts. Okay. You remember when we were really, really, really into the World of Warcraft CCG? We loved the game. We were building decks. We were playing the dungeon runs Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. I mean, really got into it, right? Right. And remember when Hearthstone came out, we went sweet, a digital version of that. But when you got Hearthstone, it's like, wait a minute, this is really watered down from what the original was. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't as thrilled about it. Same things happen here. This is not a direct replacement or digital replacement of the Lord of the Rings LCG. It has the same look, some of the same mechanics, but it's very much, I hate to use the word dumbed down, but very much streamlined. The rules are a lot simpler than what they were in the card game. So it is not a direct replacement of the card game. So it's not like when we did the Lord of the Rings trading card game online and it was the exact game. You are correct. Okay. Well, that just saved me a bunch of money. Well, no, no, no. Hold on. I'm not, I still think it could be fun, but what they've, they've done is they've got rid of some of the phases. There's, uh, you remember how, you know, you have the, the buying phase and then the travel phase and mm-hmm. then the defend phase and the attack phase. All those have been really consolidated. Okay. The biggest change for me that I'm not as crazy about to me, when we got after we traveled and you had the engagement and you had the monsters on the table right. and you had to decide who was going to block who, right? Right. And then you try to leave guys available for attacking later. That is gone. The AI now just decides who they're going to attack. So you have no clue which in your party will be attacked by the monsters on the board. And then you just attack back after that. That's the part I'm not crazy about because I want to decide to the defenders and you don't get to do that anymore. Uh, no, 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 no. You need to, that's, that was a key part of strategy. No, I, I agree. And you're playing against this encounter deck. There's this mechanic here too of he gets uh, like a mana or resource every turn and then the AI can spin that to put things on the table. So that's different. Instead of flipping over a card off the encounter deck, there's this smart player out there that's deciding what's, what to play against you. A, a lot of the other stuff is the same. They still have the same spheres. But you remember in the card game where if you had a couple mixed spheres, you had to have a certain resource type of that particular sphere to play a certain card. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, gone. Ooh. All resources are now the exact same thing. They're not sphere-based resources. No, 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 no. <laughs> well like i said it's the same way i felt about hearthstone i thought oh cool i loved world of warcraft and i started playing hearthstone it's like wait a minute this is a lot a simpler version mm. and i think that's what this is going to be i still interested in trying it i, I still want to see how it plays and uh maybe it is something you and i can play uh you know i think you could play asynchronous and they haven't talked a lot about multiplayer I still want to try it out. My concern is when you were talking about this is, you know, in Hearthstone, it was pretty much it's just battle, battle, battle. Now, if they can implement campaigns and something that will give me the ability to, I hate to use the term level up, but along those lines and incorporate that in, mm-hmm. like you, I don't remember if we could do that in Lord of the Rings. It's been so long, but that would be cool if they added something along those lines. Now there are, uh, you remember in the card game, there are like different scenarios that kind of told a story. You're going to play this scenario here, then this scenario. It's like that. So in that campaign aspect, there's a story campaign. I don't know that right now they have the, oh, I finished this. I love that. They did end up having the card game where throughout the campaign, you might earn a card or a character that you can then stick in your deck. Right. That, that sort of thing. was. I don't know if it's there yet, but obviously it could be added in the future. So I was just wanting to uh, temper your excitement to let you know it is not a direct replacement. And some people are going to be happy about that. I was talking to one of our friends uh, the other night at the game store who was glad it wasn't because he's like, I've spent hundreds of dollars in this card game. I don't want a digital replacement. Now I can have two things I can do. I've got this simpler digital version and my full card game I can play anytime I want. Which brings me all the way back to biting you in the butt because <clears throat> I've spent the $100 to 
to get the cards and now I get to spend an additional one where I guess I feel the other way. I'm fine replacing what I've already bought mm. because usually those are cheaper. App versions are cheaper and therefore I had no issues with it. You may not like this either. There's not really loot What are you trying to do? Make me say? grumpy? <laughs> there's not really loot boxes per se, but there's this resource, and I can't remember what it's called, maybe it's Valor or something, where you can earn these special cards that are like one-time use. You get these cards that you earn, I can't remember if you could buy them or not, and during the, the course of the game, you might decide, I'm going to use this one-time card to help me uh, with the game, and then once it's used, it's gone. Yeah, okay. So that's how they're trying to generate money. Hey, you know, play a lot, you know, spend some money, get these extra cards that can help you make your game easier. Obviously, their whole thing is about generating money. Number one, the game is free, so there's your first tip right there. In-app purchases, in-app purchases. In-app purchases, and that's what they're going to do with additional decks and everything like that. So it's still being fleshed out. I still am interested in it. It's in. Uh, it's, I don't, it's not in beta yet. I did sign up for early access on Steam, and I think that's still open if you want to try that too. At least we could try early access to see what we think. Okay. Ooh, I may have to go on to Steam and reset my password. I don't remember it. I haven't been on that in forever. No, you, you haven't been on that in forever. You haven't been on the Blizzard uh, online in forever. Oh, there's, that's right, Battle.net. Yeah, well, it's not It's not even Battle.net anymore. They changed the name. So that's a spam email trying to get something from me? Come log into Battle.net? That's not, oh, man. So, well, it's not Battle.net anymore. They just changed the name. Because it didn't make it. I didn't understand that either. Why is it called Battle.net? It's a Blizzard thing. So they changed it just to the Blizzard app anyway. So, yeah. So we'll, we'll, maybe we'll try that in the future. I mean, you and I have played some uh, more digital games recently. I am excited about this. See how it works. And uh, we'll kind of go from there. Ignacy just finished PortalCon where he announced some new games that are coming out this year and two of them are expansions. Two of them are two of our, two of our favorite games. One is Imperial Settlers Expansions, Amazons. Really cool looking box and this time it kind of fits with Wonder Woman just coming out last year. So people have Amazon on the mind. So a great faction coming out for that. Also an expansion for Robinson Crusoe, Mystery Tales, and two brand new games coming out this year. Detective, a modern crime board game, which is heard a lot of things about this game don't know a lot about it excited to find out more and another game that tony and i are for sure going to be very excited about monolith arena which takes place in the Nurushima hex universe it's going to be coming out later this year so if you want to keep up what's going up at portal make sure to jump over to their webpage at portalgames.pl or follow them on youtube and, and keep an eye on the informant that comes out each week from ignasi Marty loves it when I just spoil a review, a thought process about a game when I just drop the bomb at the beginning. But I'm going to tell you right now, oh. February 21st, Renegade Game Studios is going to release another game that you need to go play and probably put on your shelf if you like those thinky, hardcore games. And you're asking yourself, what game is that? What game is that? A game that it took me forever to try to pronounce and we'll probably still get it wrong. And that is Castell by Aaron Vanderbeek. Is there any relationship you think to uh, James Vanderbeek who you played on Dawson's Creek? I have no clue. Do I really care? No. Okay. Okay. I'm just I'm just asking a simple question. I know you are. Yeah, by the way, there is a there is a Spanish way to pronounce Castell. We're not gonna try it. No. So if you don't know what a castell is, castell is a human tower that's built in many festivals in Catalonia, which is uh, in Spain. And the whole purpose of this game is, is you're trying to recruit castellers to join your troop and go around the competitions around the area and build the most impressive castle as possible for the goal of what, Tony? See, you were saying the purpose of this was to do that. No, the purpose is to get the most victory points. Mm -hmm. And the way you do that is to build these impressive towers to impress the fans. And this is why... We got Circus for the title because I was thinking Circus, but originally I was thinking Marty kept telling me we're going to build the biggest castle when he was telling me what we were going to do. 
He thought I was saying castle instead of castell. And I needed to go recruit these people to help me build my big castle. So I'm like, where, where are the brick masons? Where are the mortar mixers? It's true. During the first game, Tony was thoroughly confused. He thought he was... When, you were explaining it. Not during the game, but when you were explaining it. He thought he was hiring workers <laughs> to build castles. And he was like, he didn't understand why are we stacking people on top of each other. First off, you've got four actions on your turn. You've got an action that allows you to recruit two performers from a town. Which you thought were workers at one time, but yes. That makes sense. I got to be in this town to recruit workers. Makes sense to me. And then I can move to another town where I can set up to build more workers and maybe build a castle there. <laughs> castle. <laughs> and then I need to train my workers who can be trained in strength or they can lift more block or they can make a wider base or they can create balance the blocks better because that's something that can happen. Or maybe I can mix the various block sizes it was all working, or I can do a special action that allows me to move again or recruit another worker. I could do that, or or I can impress the people based on the castle I've already built. And if you look at these special tiles, they all look like freaking castles. This is so funny. <laughs> so you're going over this, and I'm like, wait a minute. Those guys don't look like, why do they got pantaloons on? This makes no sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> that is a 100% honest, true story. Tony was so lost after I explained this game because he was trying to force this I, these rules of what we were doing into building a castle when there's nothing on the board that looks like we're building a castle or anything. But what is Spain oh. known for? What What is in Spain? Castles! Oh, yeah. Well, there's castles all over Europe. Well, I know, but even, but Spain has some beautiful castles. Oh, but but, <laughs> but actually, but you understood the rules correctly. It's just the fact that you weren't hiring workers; you were instead hiring castells, and these castells had different ranks from one to ten. And the the that was basically their size. The level ten guys, you want them the bottom. They're the big bulky guys that can hold up, uh, you know, a human tower. And then the the ones and twos are the little smaller people that are at the top of the tower that are that are light and they can do like dances and balance things while they're up there. And the whole purpose of the game is to build these impressive structures. Now, if anybody ever has a chance to play this game, there's one thing that you have to understand. There's a rule when you build castells. And the basic rule is this. A castell can never, never have a row more than three wide. The row above must always be smaller than the row below it. And the row above it must be in lower value. And all of one row must be the same value. Did that make sense, Tony? It did when you're trying to balance bricks. I mean, yeah, maybe you put bigger <laughs> bricks on the bottom. But you're absolutely right. And when I mentioned all those actions that you're doing... One of those actions, the training, lets you break those rules. Yes, and that that is the whole thing. Yes, that uh, that you got to emphasize when you're playing this game. You got to keep those rules in mind. No wider than three. Must be uh, each row must be smaller than the first one, and it must be lower in value. That's the basic rule of building a castell. That's what's so cool about the game is there's all these different skills that you can learn to break that rule, to make the base wider, to make the width wider. To have two rows the same height, to be able to mix two different numbers on the same row. You could do all those sorts of things. And by doing that, you break the basic rule of the game to be able to build these impressive structures that you're going to want to uh, use during certain points of the game in order to earn victory points. But to earn those victory points, you've got to go to these various towns during the round and show them how well your performers can do their balancing act. And there are certain rules on those towns that say, hey, when you come to our town, you need to make sure that you have a performer who is a one, a five, and a 10. It's random, right? So at the beginning of the game, each town has a random number, one through 10, that may be associated with it. 
And when you build, there has to be that size. Go ahead. And, and in the earlier rounds, you only need one. And in the later rounds, you may need three of the number, which makes perfect sense. Yeah, sure. This part of the game, there's multiple parts I want to talk to you about from what you liked and you didn't like. Okay. What did you like about this game? I like puzzle games. Okay. And to me, this is very much of a puzzle game. The, the game takes place over 10 rounds. And the first three rounds, you're kind of getting your castell setting up. You, you got a map. The, the board is made up of a map. And like you said, you can move on your turn. You can move from one region to another. You can recruit two people from that region. And, and those people are replaced uh, at the end of, uh, I believe it's even rounds, or like the end of round five, three, end of round five, seven, et cetera. So you're always recruiting people. But you've got to plan ahead because after round three, uh, randomly put out on the board under the round markers are different regions of that area. And th what that means is in that region, there's going to be a big festival at the end of that round. And if you want to participate, you have to be in that region. And like you said, Tony, there's going to be a size requirement saying, if you build a castell, that's great, but you need to include this particular size in your castell in order to participate in this festival. And then everybody participates and then you can earn points. Points are earned by the height for every row that you get. You get a victory point. Then you earn victory points based on the number of uh, castells you have of the of the value that that festival is looking for. And you earn one point for each one of those. Whoever does the best will get a trophy, which is worth five points at the end of the game. The second place will get a... Well, a medal, which is worth three, or a ribbon, which is worth one. So that's how you're kind of garnering victory points through the game. But Tony, what I liked is you got to look ahead. You need to see, okay, I'm in this region here. I know next region, there's going to be a festival over there looking for those numbers. So I need to move towards that region, try to recruit those particular numbers that I need in order to participate in the festival, because that's one of the most important parts of the game. But you can't just recruit the numbers you need because once again, we, we go back to those initial rules of, of the balance, the width, the strength. All of that comes into play. So you just can't move to that region and say, oh, I'm going to grab this and this and this. Because you've got to be able to put your tower together certain heights. Yes, I'm with you. I liked the fact that you are really, and not just one step ahead, you are really, really having to think this out. To the point, Marty, I think during this game, we were thinking almost to the end of the rounds. I was looking, we may have been in round five, but I was already trying to plan for round nine. Oh, yeah, dude, because like like you said, because uh, the like the rounds nine and ten, you had three requirements. Yeah. And you would look down and it's like, wait a minute, I happen to notice there are several festivals down towards the end of the game that will say, for example, requires size five. Mm -hmm. And then you look around, where are the size fives? And you try to hoard them all so that when you get to the end of the game, you can earn the uh, awards you know, for those particular festivals because you prepared for it. Right. Now, one key element that made a very, very grumpy Tony was when Marty forgot to explain a base rule on scoring. Yes. Yeah. We played this multiple times in the first one. I totally screwed this up. Go ahead, Tony. Yeah, it was. So when you'd go and participate in a festival, you would score points, like Marty said, you know, based on the, the people that match what's needed, as well as how high the tower is. You count those points up and you would mark it on the victory track. Well, as they were going to the festivals, they kept increasing that. Well, I wasn't doing a good job of getting over to the festivals. I just, I wasn't thinking through that process. And so here's Nate and Marty. They're at 70 points. I Maybe it wasn't at 50 points. And poor little Tony was back at 12 points because I wasn't getting to the festivals. And I got real grumpy real fast. And I was really not liking this game. Yeah, you, 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 were, you were not happy at all. I checked out. I was like, this game sucks. Mm -hmm. because if you've got to be able to go from this town to this town and still pick up recruits and someone's already got them, you can't get back over there. You're already, you know, depending on what turn it was, but come to find out Marty, what were we supposed to do? You're only supposed to uh, track your highest scored castell. So say for example, I did a festival and I scored 11 points that's marked on the track. Uh, the next festival, maybe I only score 10. I don't add that to the 11. I keep it at the 11. Mm -hmm. Only do you change it when you do 
better than what you did before. So like you said, Tony, you don't need to participate in every festival, but you are losing out on those in scoring victory points, five, three, or one. But there is something else you can do that we haven't talked about, Tony, and that's local competitions. I talked about it briefly because I mentioned it when I was talking about castles. Yeah, each region has two what they call local competitions that can either be, you must make this exact size shape, and they have like an image of what the, the size is. Maybe it's like six rows high of like four, three, three, two, two, one, or or whatever. If you can build that, uh, one of your special actions is I'm going to participate in a local festival. And if you can, if you can fulfill that, you get that token, which gives you victory points at the end, or they have skill contests that says, Hey, if you can build a, build a castell and you meet these skill, skill requirements, say, uh, you need to have a strength level two, you need to have the width level one and a mix uh, level one. If you can fulfill that, then you get this token, uh, which is worth X amount of victory points. So there's still multiple ways to score victory points. Even if you can participate in a festival, you could go around and do those local competitions and try to earn points that way. So I liked in this game, developing your base starting victory points over the rounds. That was an interesting way to say, okay, how well am I competing with the others? So, mm-hmm. the, so, the, so that, that set a goal for you. The other thing that I really liked in this game was you talked about those special actions. Whenever you put a special action, you had to drop your color star in that region. Yeah, you had special action tokens that everybody was given at the beginning of the game. So if someone came in there and they decided to compete in a local festival, like Marty just said... A local, was, local competition. Local competition. Yeah. You dropped your special action over on that local competition. If you completed it, then you picked up all the stars that are in that region minus the one you used to compete in that local competition. And those stars are worth victory points. Yep. You got to be careful because you've got a limited number of those, mm-hmm. but you're giving someone else an opportunity to earn victory points. I yeah. like that aspect of this game. Really cool mechanism. Yeah. And that was a fixed number. It's not like you can earn those back Mm-mm. and then use them again. If you happen to come across a region where somebody has dumped a bunch of those special tokens, then those are worth points plus whatever you would get for doing the local competition. So yet there's another way to score points. And it's because of, of that mechanism of the local competitions and the festivals. The first game that we played, we had serious AP, Tony. Oh, serious. Mm. Because it's as simple as on your turn, you can do one or all the following. You can move to an adjacent region, claim two castells, upgrade one of your skills, depending on what region you're in, which I'll talk about in a second, take a special action. That's it. So the rules are simple to understand, but it's the planning ahead. It's the trying to make sure you can participate as many festivals as possible. And you're looking at all these castells and you're going, how can I build this to pull this off? What skills do I need in order to achieve that local competition? Yeah. What's what With the castells I have, what skills do I need to update to make sure I participate in this festival? So there is a lot of potential AP that could occur. Now, let me jump back to the skills rule. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to set you up for it. You ready for me to set you up for this? Go ahead, set me up. Like you said, there's a lot of AP, but it's the thinking ahead part of it. So you got to think ahead to be in the right festival at the right city at the right time. You've got to make sure that you meet all the requirements. So you got to think through all of that AP. But there's one other thing. And what do you think of the skill spinning wheel of death? So what it is, there's there's a wheel uh, off to the side that has... Not, not wheel, well, wheel, we're Southern, it's all the same word. A wheel? There's a disc. A d- disc, there you go. <laughs> that has all the regions uh, around it. And at the beginning of the game, each of the skills are randomly put around that wheel. What happens is, if you want to update uh, whatever region, you're is, you, region you are in, you look at the wheel and see what it's pointing to at that time. So say, for example, there's this one region, I can gain strength in this one. The region beside of it, maybe I can increase my base. So if there's a particular skill that you really need, you also have to look ahead at that wheel, see where it is right now. And at the end of each round, it rotates one, one slot clockwise. So now that you got to think ahead, it's like, I really need to increase my strength but I'm in the wrong spot. Oh, let me look at the wheel. Oh, next round, strength is going to have to be in the region that I'm right beside of. And so you got to think that part ahead too. Again, this is one of those games that just blows your mind with all the things you got to think about. But is it a fun, mind-blowing game? 
I thought it was. Okay. I've heard some good things about this game, Castell, which happened to be the number one. It actually won the Cardboard Edison Award last year, Tony, which is an award given out to unpublished games. Mm-hmm. Castell was the, the winner, and Renegade Games went and picked it up to publish it. So I did like to think he, what did you think? This, for me, is a game that I will play with you, Nate, Mark, Kevin, any, any of our friends. I will play this with them because of, the, of how thinky it is. However, it is not one for my shelf because this is definitely not a game I would put out for Donna or, or other you know, individuals because of just, you know, just the intense AP. If we're already having AP and Ticket to Ride, this would be ridiculous. You know? So I think you've got to really think about your group and how well do they... I would ask yourself this. Is this a game like chess? Would you play this game, play chess with this person? If you answer yes, I'd play chess against you, Marty. Then you can play this game because you've got to think so many moves ahead in this game. While there is a P, Tony, we did find that it's not like there's any downtime while other people are thinking mm-hmm. because you've got all these Castell tokens in front of you that you can go ahead and be thinking about. You can kind of plan out your next turn. There's not a lot of stick it to you. There may be somebody go and take a couple Castellers that maybe you wanted that round or maybe grab a local competition that you wanted. But other than that, when it's not your turn, you can kind of be looking at the board, try to plan ahead. See what castells you have available to you. And here's the thing we didn't mention. Once you build a castell, it hasn't got to stay there. You could tear it down and reuse the tiles however you want. And that's the thing. You're constantly tearing and building, carrying and building, and trying to figure out the the best way to use these tiles that you earn over the the course of the game. And I will say, Tony, in future games, we cut the play time down drastically. Because we once we understand the flow flow of the game, we played a three-player game and knocked it out in one hour. One thing I will say about, you know, you say you can tear it down and all that. Then again, another strategy could be, okay, if I train up certain areas, then I really don't need to recruit all these different Castellers. That's true. But another in-game score condition was you get bonus points for every different numbered Castell token that you earned during the festivals over the course of the game. Which you only got if you have more than the other people competing in the festival. That's absolutely right. So if, if oh. you and I, Tony, were com- competing in a festival, they said it had a number five. After the festival is over, we look at both of our uh, towers. Whoever has the most fives, Castell level fives, gets that token. And then that counts as victory points at the end of the game. So that's another thing you got to think about. You're constantly looking around the table. It's like, wow, he's got a lot of fives. I have hardly any. So I'm not going to win that token from him. But I might be able to go over there and win first place because I might have. There's a lot, a lot going on. But not everything smells good in this rose garden. Well, it's not necessarily the smell. It smelled good, but we had some issues with the look, Tom. Well, that's true. The, the looks of the roses. The game's smelling good, but everything looks the same. They chose those pastel colors. Yeah. All the regions are pastel colors. Yes. Nothing wrong with pastel. Don't get us wrong. Oh, no, no, no. I like, I like pastel colors, but what happens is, is some of those pastel colors look similar, and then the names of the regions are actual regions in Catalonia, but I don't, I don't know those. So there's a couple, for example, regions that start with the letter T, mm-hmm. and the two colors that those regions are based on were kind of similar in color. And Tony, in multiple games, we saw where people went to the wrong location thinking they were going to the other one. Right. Because it was T regions that had the similar purple and pink type color. Yes. It's not a dark purple. And and I was calling one tarragon, and I know it wasn't tarragon. And yeah, oh, mm, mm. And then there was actually a region, I think it was Barcelona, which looked yellow on the wheel, but then the region itself was a light greenish on the yeah. board, which was very confusing. So the graphic design, we, we kind of struggle with that. Each of us, Really had to double check. Okay, the wheel says, okay, this color region, I can upgrade this skill. Let me make sure, double verify, it's that name. That's this one over here. There was a lot of that going on. And again, the board looks nice. It looks pretty. But when it comes to functionality, I wish those colors were more separated. They were just too similar for us. Yes. And I mean, people was, oh, that's a nit. Y'all get over it. No, this actually, in my humble opinion, did cause issues for me in the game it caused issues for all of us in the game all of us made the comment ah crap i was looking at the wrong place thinking it was this one 
Right. That was said by every player at least one time in every game that we played. So I guess you get used to it after a while and you understand what you look for. It's just one of those things that I shouldn't have to consciously make sure I'm looking at the right one. I would want it to be more natural because I'm already thinking about too many other things. I mean, a prime example, I went to one region getting ready to do a local competition. And then one of you guys said, uh, you can't do that there. And it's like, but I, oh, I looked at the wrong place on the board because the local competitions have colored regions mm-hmm. and then the wheel has colored regions. And, and then those colors also represented on the map. So there's a lot of different areas where you're trying to match these colors and names. So colors are a challenge for rolling dice and taking names. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Again, that's an aesthetic nitpick, but it is one that did kind of affect all of us. Now, what didn't affect us was having to reach into this humongous bag. That's an awesome bag. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I hope they make duplicates. I, I, I want one of those bags for, for Carcassonne. <laughs> I posted this on Twitter. The The felt bag that uh, you put all the Castellers in is humongous. It's crazy how big it is. In fact, there's a picture of me. Rodney started this. I give him credit of putting the bag on your head. You can wear the bag as a hat. The other thing that is not a big negative like the colors were, each Castell and it has a different size. Now, for us, it was no big deal. But, you know, the smaller sizes, we were wondering, do they fall to the bottom of this bag of holding? Or is it, you know, would someone be who's trying to pull these guys out of the bag, guys, these performers out of the bag, you know, could they kind of sort of seed the board accordingly? I don't think you can, but if someone is dishonest enough, you could feel for the different sizes. You could. You could. Because we found out there was less number value number ones. Six of them, yeah. Yeah, and if you were getting ready to go into a festival that required number ones, I probably assume that you're playing with honest people. But if you were playing with dishonest people and they were the ones filling in uh, the regions with Castellers that round, they theoretically could feel around that bag and feel for the small number ones and pull them out and put them in the region that they want. But thematically, it makes perfect sense. Yes, it does. It makes perfect sense. And and I do think you have to mix that bag a lot because physics, right? These smaller pieces are going to fall to that bottom of the bag and you're going to end up grabbing the bigger ones and not the smaller ones. So again, that's not a big deal. Aesthetically, it looks nice, but it's just something to be conscious of. So that is Castile, Castile, Castles. No. (laughs) Castell by Aaron Vanderbeek from Renegade Game Studios, February 21st. Have your strategy, understand what you're getting ready to do, and get ready for a brain burner. Easy to learn, uh, difficult to master, but once you understand the flow of the game, it does move quicker, and it's a fun little puzzle game that if it sounds interesting to you, go check it out on February 21st. It should be available in your local game stores and online. Five-minute initiative begins in three, two, one. If you're a frequent listener of this show, you'll know that there are two things that make a game stand out to me. One is I'm surprised by the game. It's like, oh, I wasn't expecting that to be good and really enjoyed it. Second is a unique mechanic in the game. The game Pulsar 2849 from designer Vladimir Suchi and published by CGE is just that sort of game. I typically like dice games and you would think, Oh, Pulsar 2849 with dice. This is a Meritrash all the way. Look at that map. It's like a galaxy map. You're moving ships around. You're probably doing combat. Boop, boop, boop. Nope. This is 100% Euro. This is 100% point salad. It just happens to be set in a sci-fi themed game. On your turn, we're drafting those dice. You only get two of those stupid little dice and you've got it. We talked about brain burners recently with Castell. This one, same thing, Marty. You got. Am I going to use this dice for this action to get points? How am I going to build my little special technology over here? Oh, or am I going to go explore those planets and flip those bad boys over and see what special things are hidden there? Or am I going to build my gyrodyne, which gets me points every time we go to production? Because at the end of it, it's all about the points, and you got to make sure that you account for all the ways to score points at the end. Because if you don't, 
you get left in the dust like I was. I was leading up to the freaking end, and then all of a sudden, I was whapped. The, the unique mechanic I was talking about has to do with that dice. At the very beginning of each of the eight rounds, you're going to roll these dice, put them out on a board, sorted from one through six, and then you're going to find the median point of those dice based on values. Now, this is the cool part. This is. Listen, people, it's cool. You only get two dice, like I said, and you set the median point. If you go to the right of the median, which is higher value die, which are usually better, you're going to move down on one of the two tracks that are above it, either your initiative track, which determines start order at the beginning of the round, or this track that gives you free engineering cubes, which are really good to turn in at the end of the game for in-game scoring. If you grab a lower value die that's to the left of the median, you get to go up on those tracks. So you may decide, I really want to go to first next turn, so I don't want to take a higher value die. So let me see what actions I can take with a lower value die. Take that this turn and see if I can prepare it for the next turn. Make sure I'm first. Oh, so good. So good, Tony. And then you're sitting there thinking, okay, if you had a good distribution of the dice across there, should I really punish myself? And then the next round, the dice come out and they're all fives and sixes and the median shifts down. And you're like, oh crap, I just wasted all this time on this one. <laughs> oh my heavens. And there's multiple ways to score points with the gyrodines. And then you've got this cute little track that you're moving up, keeping track of the round that helps at near the end, tells you how you're going to score. Engineering cubes are important because you can copy the dice. Oh, it's just so much stuff happening with this game. Would I put this game on my shelf? I wouldn't even think twice about it. This game is going on the shelf. This game, I think anyone from in my play area would enjoy it just because the dice are silver. Oh my, <laughs> where else would you get a game where it's silver? So much fun. I enjoyed this game. And what's neat is each round has a certain level of technologies that you can patent that has a certain dice cost. And it usually gives you some sort of benefit over the course of the game or maybe can use, be used in in-game scoring. So yet another way to generate victory points. There is one red die, Tony. It there is. There is one red die that's Which you can use engineering cubes to get. But then again, what else can you do with it? Because there's one of these things you can create these transmissions arrays that you can build that gives you ongoing points or ongoing supplies. But if you bump two of them together, they create one uh, red die with a certain number of pips and you can claim that red die on that round and use it for something else. But you can only use the red die once. That's right. That's, that's key. That was a good side. Do I have any negatives on this game, Marty? Uh, no. <laughs> it, it, it took a little while to set up. It took, it, okay, that's your negative. Okay. Set time. The rules aren't that difficult to learn. There's a lot of variability, Tony. We talked about the uh, the the round markers, which provide technologies you can patent. There's three different cardboard uh, of each of those rounds. They're double-sided. So there's a lot of different technologies you can play each game. There's in-game scoring that you can shoot for. There's like 12 of those. So every game is going to be a little different depending on what your end goal is. You're trying to get around the planets, discover as many as you can. The more planets, the more the victory points you get. Again, it's so point solid. It's crazy because there's multiple ways to victory. But again, it goes back to, I love that dice selection mechanic, Tony. I just love it. So, Marty, we only got a few seconds left. Did you like the game? When I saw the back of the box, I thought, eh, all right. I played it. It shocked me. Pulsar 2849 from CGE. If you love point sounding games with pretty good themes stuck in there, you need to go check this out. Five minute initiative is complete. TheBrokenToken.com. Do I need to say more? No, I don't. They got inserts that you need, people. Go over there, TheBrokenToken.com. They got inserts that you didn't think you need that you really do need. They help you set up the game. They help you make sure that you keep all your expansions apart. That's TheBrokenToken.com, where they have the inserts for Gloomhaven, Galaxy Trucker, or they might have inserts that fit inside of a box that you can pick up at Hobby Lobby where Marty and I talk about Lord of the Rings, where we stick our cards in there. They got what you need, or they even got the box with the card inserts. Go over to thebrokentoken.com. It's time to end this bad boy because you know what I forgot to do, Marty, before we started recording? Uh, let's see. Check your internet connection and go make sure something wasn't delivered to your front door and it was stolen. Maybe try a Tide Pod. No, no, no. I forgot to go pee. There's a major rule that we've had for the past five years. Pee before we go on the air. I know. And this time I forgot because I was excited because I had a good connection. I was like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my heavens.
Make this you work. Are in a lot better mood than than what you've been the past couple episodes, which is going to make this an untimely contest that we're getting ready to do. Screw it, we're going to do it anyway. Yeah, gee, thanks. Appreciate the love here. I pitched this to Tony, and he was like, "Okay, fine, whatever, whatever." We've got these awesome jars that that we want to give away as part of a contest, and we're going to give away three. But the way that you're going to have to earn it could be a little bit fun. Uh, on our website, and I'll post this on Twitter too. I'm going to post a an image. Uh, by the way, this is Continental USA. Yes, because if you want, we'll send you a sticker, and you can go buy your own mason jar. <laughs> that's not a bad. That's not a bad uh, idea. Is we'll print some stickers, printed out. Yes, on the website, and I'll and I'll tweet this and put it on our BGG Guild. Also, I'm going to share a transparent picture of Grumpy Tony. It's just mm-hmm. a cutout. A frowny, grumpy Tony. I want you to use that to the best of your ability to create some sort of funny meme. Maybe throw them on the front of a, uh, a box cover of a game. Come up with the grumpy Tony game or some game where Tony be grumpy playing. And I want you to submit that to us. You can send that to us on email at names at gmail.com. You could post it on our Facebook page. Uh, if you want to, you can uh, send it on Twitter and use the hashtag GrumpyTonyRDTN. Any one of those ways, I'll make sure to find it. And then Tony and I are going to pick our favorite three and send you a jar. Okay, so do you honestly think, and I'm going to go on Twitter here right now. Here I go. I'm going over to Twitter. Uh, yes, I know where it is on my phone. Thank you. Don't give me that look. Do you honestly think there is a hashtag beyond Grumpy Tony? Do you think someone's already used it? Let's see. What? Go ahead. What were you going to say? I did see. Go ahead. Oh, you've already looked this up, huh? Yeah. Oh, crap. (laughs) Yes. Grumpy Tony has been used somewhere before. So there you go. Well, why? Why would anybody? I don't do know, that? but I thought I thought you know what something as generic as Grumpy Tony probably won't work. So let me just stick RDTN at the end. So hashtag Grumpy Tony RDTN. Take this image, make us laugh. Like I said, if you want to throw it on a box cover, incorporate it in some other image, make a meme out of it. Whatever you want to do, we'll pick our favorite three, and then we'll kind of put them all together. Maybe we'll create a little post on our blog so you can see them all together or post them all in the guild and everything like that. But again, Tony, you weren't grumpy this uh, this episode. So, you know, there might not be a lot of inspiration from this particular episode. So if you need inspiration, go listen to the past two episodes. Uh, so I just hashtag grumpy Tony without anything in it. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> internet. Why, why don't you just log off Twitter right now? That That's a little too dangerous for you. Yes, it's, it's a little bit dangerous. I can't help it. So, you know what I'm really excited about, Marty? What? Met some new neighbors, brought them over. Cool. You know what they said? You'll get a kick out of this. Okay. What do they say? So I'm gauging what they like to play. I brought, brought out Strike. Okay. And they go, this is almost as good as Yahtzee. Oh my gosh. I'm like, well, no, wait a minute. It's better than. <sighs> what? No, I guess I guess if you invite people over and they're not gamers, it is a very simple, quick game to teach. You got so many good games to teach using this i hope you maybe brought some diamonds or something like that i had to i had to learn yeah no no trump taking games you gotta learn people know trump's not everybody knows about trump and trick taking games okay well that's that's a fair assessment you would think over the years somebody people played rook or something like that at some point in time look at you and your southern heritage coming through on rook what do you mean southern heritage that's a that was a very popular game squirrel uh, yeah, well, most people in this, uh, in our area know about Rook. What do you mean? And most people in our area, isn't Rook all over the place? Like, no, you know? no, what? No, come on, seriously, no. Rook is a regional Southern thing. Go out to the BGG Guild and tell, say, oh, better yet, hashtag Tony's wrong, hashtag Marty's wrong, whatever. One of us is wrong on the Rook thing. All right. Anyway, so so Rook was a trick-taking game I played as a kid along with Uno. So I just thought it was one of those things everybody had. That's fine. So, yes. So I introduced somebody, and you know what the first thing that when we finished the game? I, I see him pulling up Amazon. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't order it yet. It's being reprinted. Wait for it to come back out because you don't want to pay those ridiculous prices for it. Who's reprinting it? I forgot. Oh, you would ask me, and I just forgot I would ask that because that's not in the show notes, and that's what you get for bringing up Strike. I'm going to throw you under the bus. Fine. Throw me under the bus. It's coming back out. Somebody's going to have it. I'll have it for the next show. (laughs) 
<laughs> so if you want to, yeah, if if you don't want to Google it yourself, you can always come back in a few episodes and then hear who is coming back out with. Oh, I'll put it in the in the posting over on our website, Rolling Dice Taking Names. Com. Hey, you got it right. I know. What can I say? Speaking of which, keep rolling dice and taking names. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so by going to podpledge.com slash RDTN. You can also follow us on Facebook, join our BGG Guild 1589 and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Dyson Names. And there's two exciting expansions coming. One is from one from one is to oh my gosh. One is for one of Tony and I's one is one is for one of our mm, oh why, why can't I get the pronouns or not pronouns, but the um, prepositions right in this thing? What? <laughs> what? Uh, Fun Again has your games. But Marty, they just got in a huge shipment of Star Wars Legos. Did you know those Legos actually fire little missiles? I want to go order some just so I can have a little Lego TIE fighter sitting on my desk at work so when somebody comes there and makes me grumpy, I can shoot them. They got little spring-loaded mechanisms in those now? I didn't realize that. I I guess so. It, It shows it on the box and that'd be false advertising. But, so, go to Fun Again for your games, but while you're there and you need to meet the free shipping requirement of $125, just load up on some Legos, because you never do know. One of those Lego systems from Star Wars might be as expensive as a Star Wars Death Star that men in box you can get on eBay, not cheap. Hoard them away. You know how Legos go up in value. That's funagain.com.